0: What's up everyone, welcome to the Sahil Cycle show where we interview some unstoppable entrepreneurs who are dominating figures in their businesses. Sahil here back again with an awesome insane guest. Our today's guest is a real deal. He went from being a door-to-door salesman to building a multi-million dollar network using podcasting. He's the founder and CEO of guestio.com, a podcast booking platform. He's also the co-host of the top-ranked podcast like Build Your Network, Figuring It Out, where he has interviewed people like Shaquille O'Neal, Grant Cardone, Tillman, Fadida, Molly Bloom, John Maxwell and hundreds of others. In addition to that, being on the top of uh, guests on top podcast shows like Bigger Pockets, EO Fire, Bond to Impact, he has been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, TechCrunch, and dozens of other media outlets. What's up everyone, this is Sahil here and welcome to The Sahil Sagal Show, where I'm going to be interviewing some crazy entrepreneurs out there who started from scratch with no experience, resources and connections, and then later on became unstoppable and dominating figures in their respective businesses. We're going to dive deep into the mindset of these super successful entrepreneurs to find out how they did it and how you can model it too. It's time to pick their brains and uncover all the strategies and tactics which these entrepreneurs use to scale their businesses from nowhere to multiple six, seven, and eight figures. Welcome to The Sahil Sagal Show. Without wasting any more time, let's welcome Travis to our show today. Welcome, Travis.
1: Hey, hey, what's up, Sahil? How's it going, man? I'm oh, good, man. How about you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. A little sick, so apologize if my voice sounds a little weird or if I uh, start coughing a little bit, I'll try to mute myself or something. But um, yeah, just getting over a little bit of sickness here. But other than that, everything's good, dude. It's okay, man. I wish you
0: all the healthy vibes. Get well soon.
1: Yeah, appreciate it.
0: <laughs> Let's do it. Thank you so much, man, for coming on. It's a pleasure and honor to have you, first of all, on our show today. It's a blessing. <laughs>
1: Yes sir, yeah, let's let's uh, let's rock and roll.
0: Absolutely, man. When and how you all this journey started, man, for you? Like when were you bitten by this podcasting bug? Uh
1: podcasting specifically was just kind of a, a result of being a listener and a fan of podcasts myself. I just I liked the medium. I, I wanted to you know, start learning uh, about um entrepreneurship and different things like that a little bit more intentionally and I just didn't want to um, I wasn't like a big reader, um, so I I really liked the podcast medium because it was conversational, it was easy to listen to. I could press play and go do a number of different activities and still kind of download information. And um, so I just kind of liked the medium as a listener. And then uh, after a while of listening, I was just like, I wonder if I could start my own one of these. And uh, yeah, started started a show a little while later, and you know that just kind of kept opening. More and more doors in the industry as we continue t- to go along.
0: That's awesome, man! I, I'm sure that you have, you, have, you have done like uh, near about 800 plus episodes so far, if I'm not wrong. Don't know the yes, exact sir. number. That's a crazy number out there. Uh, so when was it exactly? Like uh, I know you have been doing from a couple of years. Or which year was it when you? Started?
1: 2017. Uh, yeah, I think I launched in August of 2017.
0: Oh, wow. Not a while ago. That's good, man. Mm-hmm. How were
1: the initial stages of your
0: journey at that time? Like, I'm sure when you were sending out messages or reaching out to the guest, it's not like all the people were ready to come at the first, in the first invite. So how was it in the initial stages?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was tough back then, dude. I mean, first off, podcast guesting wasn't quite as, you know, well known or recognized as it is now, um, so it was already a little bit more difficult to get people to say yes. But yeah, to your point, I was starting from scratch, so nobody knew who I was. I I didn't have any you know big connections or any reasons for people to say yes to any of my shows early on. There wasn't really a reason to do any of those things. Um, so yeah, it, it wasn't wasn't very easy. It was just a matter of um, you know I just stayed in the game, kept asking people, and uh, and then people started saying yes. And the funny thing about getting the first couple of people to say yes is that it's much easier to get the next few people to say yes. And then it's much easier to get the next few people to say yes. And then it's much easier to get the next few people to say yes. So kind of is like this, this really difficult thing at first. You're, you're pushing a boulder uphill. Once you push it over to the other side of the hill, it kind of starts picking up a life of its own and rolling on its own. And you're trying to chase it and keep up with it. That's kind of what happened.
0: Oh, man, that's impressive. And I think it's a uh, more of consistency that matters more than anything else. Sometimes your maybe motivation lacks behind and your consistency is the one that keeps you pushing. What, what, what yeah. was your any motivation that uh, what push you every day? Like what was your why to keep it doing, to keep it keep trying even when people were saying no and all that?
1: Yeah, ultimately, it's the commitment to consistency. Um, anytime you start a new venture, I, in my opinion, like there, there kind of has to be some parameters over whether, like, over at what point you're going to maybe like reevaluate if that's an option. Um, you know, sometimes you're just doing something and you're just like, I know this is something that I really want to do, so I'm going to figure it out regardless. And that was kind of how it was for me in podcasting. It wasn't a matter of if; it was a matter of when, and it was just a matter of like how how is it going to happen? It was still the commitment at the beginning though, because it was still like, I'm going to do this. I think what I committed to myself was three episodes a week for two years. And if I get done with three episodes a week for two years and it doesn't really make an impact and I'm still spinning my wheels and nothing's really happened, then at that point, I'll, you know, take a, take a breather, take a step back and then re reevaluate if it's something that I'm going to, you know, continue doing or not. Um, but that's three episodes a week for two years. You know, that's, that's what. God. 300 plus episodes to commit to, um, without ever missing an episode. And I, you know, most people just have this really severe underestimation of how long it's going to take to do something well. Um, it's like, well, I'll start this podcast thing for four months or they don't even do it for four months. They, they put out mm-hmm. three episodes cause they recorded one, you know, one or two at the very beginning and then they never record another one again. And then they kind of talk crap on podcasting, you know, it's like, well, you gotta, if you're going to have a show, you got to create a show. You know, the tonight show has been going on like every single night for decades, you know what I mean? And Jimmy Fallon still finds ways to make it interesting and, um, and find, finds ways to bring in viewership and impressions, uh, to their show. So, you know, you got to treat your show the same way you're competing for the same eyeballs. So do like, do a better job and know that at first you might not even know what it means to do a better job because you haven't put any reps in at all you have no idea what that means. Right. So like there, there's a big, there's, there's a, there's a big learning curve and you gotta be willing to push through the callus phase is what I call it. Cause you know, when I, when you play the guitar, the um, there's like the first three, four months that just suck. It's just not fun at all. You know Um, you, you try to put your fingers on the strings. You can only, you can only really form like one chord and you go to strum the chord and all the The strings are buzzing because you can't push all the way down on the frets and they're, they're like hurting your fingers. Like you try to play for 20, 30 minutes and your fingers are like, you know, red and, and sore because you're trying to push down on these metal strings, especially the little strings. It's just like it's just seemingly impossible. But then, what happens over a couple months of doing that is you literally form calluses on the tips of your fingers, and so it becomes easier to push that chord down and get an actually nice sound of it. And then all of a sudden, you got another chord, and then you got three chords. Now you know how to switch between those chords, and now you can play a song. And it's just like that callus phase is so is so difficult because you're putting in the work, but you're not seeing any of the results because um, you have to adopt this new version of yourself before you're seeing any results of that new version. And it can be difficult to push through that time period. And most people just won't do it. And it, and especially in like content or podcasting or, or business or all these other senses, that callous phase is longer than three months. You know, sometimes it can be three years or sometimes it can be eight years uh, before you cut your teeth in this certain thing. And you see like a larger portion of success than what you know you think that you deserve or whatever it's like it might take a lot longer than that
0: so so true so true i love that uh, thing man like doing three episodes a week for two years then by that time you you know that now it's you can't leave it by the time you will fulfill that commitment so right that's right hard. i literally love that any day that you felt like i'm curious to know any day you felt like not doing the show today or not feeling like hey i don't want to do it well what do you of course. do? course
1: yeah absolutely there's days like that um but that's why i try not to leave it up to my bad day self i always try to leave it up to my good day self meaning that
0: mm.
1: i'm not gonna let my show catalog get down that far um it, like to me it's never a matter of like a day-to-day thing because i'm I always have episodes batched so like right now i think we have episodes going like if i didn't record any more episodes i think we would be releasing for the next six to eight weeks mm-hmm. without missing an episode if I recorded zero more episodes in the next six to eight weeks. So I always recommend having like a big buffer between your release schedule and your time. Cause that's when people start, that's when it starts being a drag. And like you said, to your point, it's like, "Ah, I don't feel like doing an episode today. And it's like, well, most days I don't do episodes. I record three or four episodes in a day when I record and then I don't record for three weeks. You know what I mean? So, um, you, it's not even, not necessarily even about like, I don't feel like recording today or I don't feel like recording tomorrow. It's more just keeping ahead of your schedule and keeping a plan that you know you're going to stick to so that you can maintain a schedule of batched shows um, without without you know missing any episodes or or dipping in quality that's the other thing it's like you might get an episode out but it's your worst episode yet because you recorded it at eleven fifty three p.m edited it in 30 seconds so you could get it out by midnight you know like you're going to take a dip in quality you're going to take a dip in consistency and those are like the two biggest growth killers
0: oh makes sense definitely what's a like a biggest unfair advantage that you think you got with the podcasting i want to really inspire people also to start their show like a lot of time people are just dragging they're like oh it's not printing me any money it's because they don't see the long term you know the benefits of all that stuff so what what do you think is the biggest unfair advantage you think you got with podcasting the
1: connections for sure um You know, we get decent downloads and we make some money here and there and we bring in deals and it's kind of acts as a big credibility driver, helps me with my communication skills that there's a lot of other reasons to have a show, but probably the, you know, the the unfair advantage to your point, is probably just the people that I've been able to connect with and talk to people like rooms that I've gotten into that I shouldn't have been in just because I had a podcast or like I knew all the people in the room because I interviewed all of them so they all knew my face or recognized me and let me in the room you know so there's been there's been a lot of like tables quote unquote that I've gotten a seat at that I probably should not have had a seat at but because mm-hmm. of my podcast I did and those can be the differences between I mean <laughs> between having not much, and having a multi-million-dollar business, you know what I mean. It's just like being in the right rooms with the right people, um, and having the right conversations with them. So, that it's it's been it's been the cheat code, as far as I'm concerned, the Trojan horse uh, to make connections with people I never thought possible.
0: So true. Right on. Like you have built, uh, you've built, uh, you've interviewed all these big names out there: Shaquille O'Neil Grant Cardone, and all these. I saw your all the YouTube channel yesterday and that. So like when you were starting out, obviously these names were not easy to get on. And obviously guestio.com was not there. We're going to dive deep into that later on. But how do you, who was your first biggest guest yet? You felt like you cracked it and how did you bump into it?
1: Um, My big, my my first one was John Lee Dumas uh, with the show called Entrepreneurs on Fire, a big business podcaster. Um, And he was kind of, he was kind of the person that, quote unquote, inspired me to start one. Like I, somebody told me to listen to his show. I started listening to his show and then took his free podcast course and was just like, this seems like something I could do. And uh, so the way that I got him on my show was I actually paid to go to a mastermind at his house um, in Puerto Rico. So I went to Puerto Rico and went to this mastermind and it was a higher ticket for a weekend. It was 6,500 bucks. And like that for, for me at the time, that was the most I'd ever invested in any sort of like personal development by a long shot. Um, so 6,500 bucks for three days, no continuity, no like weekly calls, none of that stuff afterwards, just three days in Puerto Rico with like five other people plus the trip to Puerto Rico, you know? So it was like $8,000 weekend was all said and done. And uh, um, I asked him to come on my show, and he said yes. And then once I got that one, you know, bigger name, it was a little bit easier for me to go to the next person, the next person, the next person, and basically leverage the, his name and say, "Hey, I've already had John on the show," you know. And so I was able to kind of use that to get the next one. And then now it's just at a point where I go see who that per- the person that I want to get on my show. I go see all the people that they follow or who they interact with, and I list like all of the names that I've had that. They follow, they know, they like, they trust any sort of combination of those things um, and include all of those in the reach out. And it makes it almost um, it makes it much, much easier, I guess I'll say, uh, for me to get the guests that I want to get now. That's awesome, man.
0: John is amazing. John Lidumas, we had a chance to interview him on our show today. Amazing guy. And so you spent like about $8,000 to get into that circle and to surround yourself about that. But people who are starting now, let's say they don't have this kind of investment to invest in. What's your biggest advice to these people who want to start a show, want to have big guests out there? What's the best place they can start with? and how? They well, can do really,
1: it? I mean, like, I, I I paid off my credit card, but I <sighs> am I hesitate to give this advice because I don't want people to take me in a different light and use it as an excuse to go spend a bunch of money and then not have any money to pay it back. But What I did is I had a 0% credit card that I pulled out. Mm -hmm. And by the end of my first year in podcasting, I had it full. It was a $42,000 credit limit on that card. I had the full, I had it completely full with trainings, courses, masterminds, memberships, uh, coaches, flights, travel, hotels. Like I was serious about building a business. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted financial freedom through an online mechanism. That was all I knew. I had no idea how it was going to get done, what it was going to be, what it was going to look like. You know, I had Zero clue on any of that. All I knew is that I was fully committed to making this particular thing happen. And, and I did it. And I never paid a diamond in interest on that card. I paid it all off before I ever had to pay interest on it. Um, and if you get in a bind... You can open up a new zero percent credit card, do a balance transfer, and not have to pay interest. Or you can refinance the debt to these like smaller term loans for, you know, six percent interest or something like that instead of twenty six percent. I'm saying there's like ways to be smart about it. Leverage these types of um, uh, debt vehicles, um, that can be, that can be positive. It's just the the temptation is to use that debt and go buy stuff that you want to buy and start putting like new computers and fancy equipment and all this other stuff that you don't need to generate revenue onto that card. And that's how you end up with $30,000 in debt and no way to pay it off in a year from now. And you're yelling at me going like, well, Travis told me, you know, it's like, well, no, 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 no. I'm telling you just use it on things that are going to help you make money. And that's what I did is like, I didn't have a ton of money at the time either, but my commitment outweighed my financial situation like my desire and commitment combined was enough for me just to be like uh this is a lot of money but we'll see how it goes you know and 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 to be fair at the time i was also doing door-to-door sales and i knew that if i'd worked more on doors that I could earn more money that month to pay off my cards faster. So, you know, there, um, it, it's not. It's I understand not every, not all income is created equal. Um, so there's there's some discrepancy there. But my point is, is like if you're truly committed to something, you have to make the decision. Especially if you're a podcaster at the very beginning, got to make a decision, which is is this a business or is this a hobby? Hmm. If it's a hobby, then ignore everything that I just said and do it for as cheap as you possibly can do it for something. That's just going to be something that's fun for you that you're going to enjoy because podcasting is cool in the fact that it can just be a lot of fun. It doesn't have to be something that turns into this massive thing that makes you a ton of money or changes your life. Like it did for me. It can be something where it's just, Hey, this is my on purpose time to connect with two of my buddies from college. And we talk about the Cincinnati Bengals for an hour and we drink beer in my garage. like, It it can be that, but if you want it to be a business, it's difficult to make it a business. So I, it's, it's the people that want it to be a business, but still treat it like a hobby that are frustrating for me when I'm trying to help people out. Cause it's like, okay, you want it to be a business. We'll do this, 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 and this. And they're like, well, well that's too expensive. I can't do that. I don't have enough time. And it's like, oh, okay. So you want all of the upside without any of the risk. That's what you're telling me. Like That's not how it works. I don't know how to explain this to you. That's not how it works. If you want a business, treat it like a business. You're gonna have to invest money into it and or time. Both is best, but one for sure. You're gonna have to invest either money or time, probably both to, to make this a successful business or arm of your current or existing business. It's not just going to be something that you can just like set on autopilot, create an SOP and be like, never have to do that again. You know what I mean? So make the commitment at the beginning, decide, is this a hobby or is this a business? And if it's a business, you better treat it like a business um, because it's going to pay you in direct proportion to how you treat it. um, Just like any other part of your business. So I have no idea what your question was or if that tangent rabbit trail answered anything that you asked me, but um, yeah, I got, got all fired up there for a second.
0: It makes sense. It makes sense, man. Uh, we, we were talking about like uh, how to start it without buying that. Like you went all in, invested $8,000 and all that. Yes. Uh, a lot of people just want to, you know, and uh, it makes sense, man. Like really uh, talking about business and hobby. I got a follow-up question, like more of a selfish question here. What is the best way or a framework you recommend to monetize your show? Like if you really want to go all into that business part of it.
1: Um. Like what's the best way to monetize?
0: Yeah, what's the best way or a framework, yeah, you, according to you, to monetize the show?
1: Yeah, so there's two kind of, in my opinion, like, I guess, schools of thought on this. One is your podcast is the product, which means that you're going to be selling sponsorships, doing, you know, affiliate promotions. Um, You're essentially just selling the traffic, the eyeballs, the attention that you have. That way is, <clears throat> excuse me, to me, like the, the holy grail of revenue. Um, so, you take someone like, since we've been talking about him a little bit, John Lee Dumas, I mean, you make six figures in sponsorship income every month. That's just pure income. You, you know, you don't have to, there's no fulfillment, there's no customer, this or that. He records some ads and he releases them on his show. That's the extent of that. So that margin on that revenue is very, very, very high. And it can be awesome. The downside of that revenue is it takes a long time to build up your podcast audience to a point where you can actually monetize through sponsorships, especially to the degree of six figures a month. Um, So we're talking, you know, he, John's getting, I don't know, don't know the exact numbers, probably a couple million downloads a month uh, to to get that type of revenue. So, you know, if you're at 12,000 downloads a month, you know, you're not going to be anything anywhere near close to that. And probably won't even be able to get a single sponsor unless it's somebody that you come, you know, reach out to pitch yourself and make a deal with. So one, one, one way is your show is the product. Mm -hmm. I think that's the kind of ultimate goal and something to strive for, but it's just going to take a longer time, especially if you're like me and you're you're starting from just like dead scratch. There's, there's no audience. There's nothing built. You're starting from scratch. It's going to take a while. Um, Second option is to build your own products or services and promote those through the show um, that you build. And that is a much, much, much faster path to revenue. But to be fair, it also means you have to develop some other skill sets. If you are getting into podcasting and you've never been in business and you don't know how to sell and you don't know how to market and you don't know any, how to write copy or build websites or do any of these other things, then you, you, you got to learn something if you want to build a business on the back end of it. However, if you're already a business owner, the podcast can just like promote your own products or services and allow you to connect with um, with people that make you a more credible voice in your space, which makes it easier to sell your products and services. Um, so if it were, if it were me and I was just starting and I just had a podcast and I didn't want to like build this massive, you know, eight figure operation. I just wanted to have something that allowed me to podcast full time. Then I would just start a little podcast production agency or something like that. Start a little social media agency, like a boutique firm. You charge, you know, 500 to 2,500 bucks a month. You get four or five clients you take care of them, you take care of your show. And now you're, uh, you know, living that laptop lifestyle. You got four or five clients, you got maybe a VA that's working for you doing some heavy lifting and you, you know, make 60 uh, to $80,000 a year being a full-time podcaster. You know, there's a lot worse things to do with your time. So, um, that would be the way, that'd be the way that I recommend to most people is, Um, that's why we tend to work with mostly entrepreneurs because we know, we know that we can help entrepreneurs monetize more effectively rather than like helping somebody who's starting a Cincinnati Bengals podcast with their two buddies in their garage. It's like, well, if you're not willing to do anything beyond that, then it's going to be a long path to monetization for you. Um, but, uh, but if you are willing to do something beyond that, like start a little, again, start a, start a business, start a, start a service agency or a coaching business, like something that allows you to be able to, um, uh, have just a small number of clients without a ton of team members learning how to like you don't have to learn how to scale a massive business or to do this thing full-time is my point um, there's multiple ways to monetize the podcast but those would be the two like main ways like your own products or services or your show is the product your audience is the product mm-hmm. and you sell that to sponsors or um, sell products to your audience for affiliate commissions or whatever
0: oh man that's super insightful Give me some epiphanies and I have a follow up question coming in my mind like, what is the frequency you would recommend to keep doing like every week? Like, you did three episodes a week. Uh, what, what is a good frequency? I want to do it more, actually. I'm doing two times in a month right now, but okay. I wanna, I'm getting more addicted to it. So it's like starting as a hobby, hobby <laughs> and then uh, turning into a now a business. I'm looking for ways how can I do it more of this? Although I have a back end offer of coaching. So, what do you recommend the frequency and how do you?
1: Expedite? You should at least be doing weekly. weekly. At least be doing weekly. My advice is get as close as possible as you can to daily, like every day, seven days a week without sacrificing quality, consistency, or your sanity. Those are the three rules. Say that again. So release as many episodes as you possibly can without sacrificing quality, consistency, or your own sanity. So if you can do one a week, And that's the most that you can do while maintaining high quality, maintaining consistency week over week and maintaining your mental health. Do one a week. If you can do seven a week Mm -hmm. without sacrificing quality, without missing any days, and in a way that's structured enough of a system where you're not driving yourself crazy to come up with the content, do seven days a week. Like more, like more is better. In terms of the algorithm, in terms of your skill set, in terms of connecting with more people, in terms of business development, in terms of selling more people in your coaching offer, more conversations with people that are qualified to do business with you is better than less conversations, period. Um, but it's a lot more work. So that's why I say you know, you might be able to keep up with quality and consistency, but then your, your sanity's going down the toilet. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe can I keep up my sanity and do four a week instead of seven a week? You know, like then that's probably worth it because you're going to burn out. If you burn out in four months, then there goes the consistency that we talked about. So like, those are the three rules. It's like do as many as you possibly can. Just don't ever sacrifice quality. Don't ever sacrifice consistency and don't ever sacrifice your own sanity.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's Great. Uh, in terms of that, uh, uh, I was gonna ask, like, do you prefer to do more solo show, solo shows, or do you prefer to do more like guest shows like this? Interviews. Interviews.
1: I'm a big believer in interviews. Um, I think that they are better than solo content in multitude of ways. Now, you should probably also do some sort of a solo segment or solo episode. Um, if you're, especially if you're going to be releasing multiple times per week, it makes sense to have like, Hey, we do at least one interview. We do at least one solo show. Um, just because like, to me, like your, your podcast should be doing, should be increasing multiple parts of your brand. So credibility is one of those parts. Credibility comes from interviews. If you see me interviewing Shaquille O'Neal, you'll automatically assume that I'm at a certain caliber of person because I'm having a conversation with Shaq. That's just mm. a psychological factor that's going to exist in your conscious or subconscious mind. Like you see. Travis with Shaq, you automatically assign a level of credibility to me just because you see our faces next to each other. So credibility is huge um, in in terms of like having people come to you uh, for your business, making it easier for you to close people into your business. Um, So credibility is a, a big piece and interviews bring you credibility. Solo shows bring you authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're talking about a certain topic and you're giving, you know, maybe advice or you're giving a structure, you're giving a lesson, you're giving a formula, you're giving, you're giving something, and, and it's and it's you that the audience is getting that piece of value from. Um, so there's authority and credibility in both interviews and solo shows. I just find that interviews, to me are the much like a faster way to grow your your brand, grow your audience, grow your credibility, grow your network, build more relationships, bring in more business development deals, find more find yourself in better rooms, you know, book yourself to speak on stages. There's just so many other reasons to do interviews, which is why like if you're going to do 3 a week, do two interviews, one solo. If you're going to do 4 a week, do three interviews, one solo. Like to mm. me, especially 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 if you're just getting started. Like yeah. if you, so for instance, like we have some clients who they've been in business for a long time, they exited their company for a hundred million dollars or they're doing $60 million a year in their business. It's like, if you're doing that, then yeah, you should probably do some solo content because you've got a bunch of really good stuff to share. But it, like when I was first starting, I was a 24 year old door to door salesman. Mm-hmm. Like realistically, unless I wanted to do a podcast about how to sell door to door, which I didn't want to do, then for the most part, like I should keep my mouth shut. Like, uh, like I'm here to learn just as much. My audience is here to learn. That's why I did th- like my, I did three episodes a week. They were all interviews. I did zero solo shows and it's not going to make your audience distrust you. Any like, it, like it's not going to make you, it's not gonna make your audience like distrust you at all. Just because you don't have solo shows going out. Like they, they come, To learn through the vehicle that is you so they still want to stick around and listen to how you ask questions how you engage with people the guests that you bring on the network that you have like there's still a bunch of reasons for them to listen to you um even if the majority of your content's interviews so i always recommend interviews
0: that's brilliant man and i don't think there's gonna be like the one point that's coming in my mind is coming to saturation i don't think so. that exists in podcast shows correct me if i'm wrong
1: no it doesn't exist really in anything man like if you're good there's no such thing as saturation yeah that's what's important is um, I had this conversation with Tom Bilyeu because Tom Bilyeu built Quest Nutrition, yeah. which is like a protein bar company, which is one of the most competitive spaces out there. And they built it from zero to a billion in four years. And then he bounced, he exited. Mm. It was something crazy like that. Four years, maybe five. I don't know. It was a very short period of time. Number two on the Inc. 5,000 fastest growing company list in one of the most competitive spaces out there. And I was like, why did you pick this space? And he was like, it was just an area that I was passionate about. And he said, there's always room for the best. Mm. It was like that. That's it right there. Steve Martin said, be so good. They can't ignore you. It's just a matter of like, you know, so many things are saturated. doesn't mean that you shouldn't start on YouTube because it's saturated. doesn't mean that you shouldn't start a blog because it's saturated. doesn't mean that you shouldn't write a book because it's saturated. All of the content marks are saturated. There's no surprise. There's that. There's like that, that there's no lack of content, but you don't see Netflix being like, well, we stopped making original content because TV Mm -hmm. is saturated. You know, you, you don't see Disney like, Oh, we stopped making movies because it's just saturated. You know, like they just keep, they keep doing it. They keep doing it. They keep doing it. They keep doing it. They make it the best they possibly can. And they find the people that give a shit about the stuff that they want to talk about the most. And that's your job.
0: That's so deep, man. You dropped so many gold nuggets I have to collect after this. I have to rewatch this interview. I really love that whole thing. I want to touch base with you on the, I know you have limited time and on the guestio.com. So if for the people who don't know about it, what is it, how it can help other people, if you can touch base on that.
1: Yes, um, and then uh, yeah, I do. I have to uh, um, have a call with my CFO, and my team right now um, in a couple of minutes here. So, um, but yes, Guestio was essentially our solution to the problem of you want to get really good guests on your show, but you don't want to wait a year and a half till you have a certain amount of clout and credibility. You can go to Guestio to the marketplace side and pay for some of the better, you know, guests that you want to bring on your show. And especially if you're in like the coaching space, there's quite a few people on there. There's just like, oh shoot. 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, and I can bring this person on my show. It makes my show look instantly more credible and makes my other guests reach out that much easier. You know, may as well supplement what I'm already doing with buying a couple of these interviews um, and, you know, make my job a little bit easier, shortcut that line to success, so to speak. So, um, yeah, that's at guestio.com. Really easy, straightforward to use. You can do free media kits, set up your show, set up your guest profile, brag on yourself, make yourself look awesome, pitch shows, pitch guests. It's kind of the ultimate, you know, connection site
0: that's awesome man i'm gonna drop the link for that under the show notes so people who are watching us you can go to over that and if you have any plan to start your podcast show and all that you have that gold sitting right there you can have all the links and guests over there thank you so much travis for your time man it was really and short and crisp really love the conversation thank you so Appreciate much once
1: it, again man. For doing it. hey thanks for having me thanks for having me It was a lot
0: of fun you're welcome man people who are watching us will connect together with another episode stay tuned take care Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And if you have enjoyed this episode, make sure to visit dreamclientsecrets.com to get more information about how you can grow and scale your online business. And if you love this show, don't forget to leave me a five-star review and I will see you in the next episode.